When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Do you like what you're hearing right now? Then be sure to check out VOC Nation. Whether it's on vocnation.com or your favorite podcast provider, VOC Nation offers the greatest in live and on-demand content, great interviews, and incredible insight from those who have lived the business. Seven days a week, vocnation.com. And don't forget to check us out on Twitter at vocnation. Welcome to another edition of Bumps and Thumps, the talk of wrestling. My guest today is the daughter of the greatest manager of all time, Bobby the Brain Heenan. Some folks call him Weasel. However, in my opinion, and many others, he's the greatest of all time. I want to welcome Miss Jessica, Mrs. Jessica Salt. And my partner in crime tonight, George Shire. Guys, thanks for coming on. I really appreciate it. Thank you so much. Thank you for uh, having me. Yeah. Uh, I actually found you, Jessica, by accident. Uh, <laughs> full disclosure. I mean, I read, I, read your, <laughs> I, read your, I read your dad's book. I mean, I knew who you were, but uh, when you did that interview with uh, Brian Solomon Brian. a while back, and uh, I was like, oh, I wonder if she'd do one with me and George. And I reached out, and you agreed, and I'm so glad you did. Thank you again yeah. for coming on tonight. I really appreciate it. Uh, I, I thank you so much for being here. Any chance I have to talk about Dad and uh, share yeah. stories about him, I'm always yeah. down for that. Right. Well, we're we're happy to have you on. So let's get right into it. Okay. You are the only child. Yes. Of, of, with, with, of Bobby, and that's pretty special in itself, so I'm sure you're pretty uh, spoiled <laughs> oh, and things like that. Yep. You know, Dad and I talked about this often because, mm-hmm. I mean, from a mother's standpoint of two teenagers, hell yes, I was spoiled. <laughs> but looking back on it as the teenager being spoiled, Dad was like, well, you're not a mean person. You're not rotten. You get A's and B's. He's like, you're just pampered. Spoiled things turn rotten, and you're not rotten. So you're just pampered. And my mother would just roll uh-huh. her eyes because, you know, I was spoiled. Pretty much is what I was. But um, but it wasn't like I was a mean per. He would never have allowed that for me to be, like, any type of a brat or anything like that. Yeah. Well, let's talk about, I mean, your dad, you know, he big in the AWA in the, in the 70s and into the early 80s. I'm sure uh, he was gone uh, frequently. What was 
that like for you as far as you know you're you're a young child uh you know in the 80s uh and your dad's probably not there as much as other dads are for their children was that was that kind of challenging for you or did you just kind of go um, because that was your normal routine yeah i just well i just it, i it wasn't like it was i had a normal childhood at all like i had a normal childhood and then he started this job. He was doing this job well before I came along. So I just kind of blended into the mix, and it was just what it was. And, you know, I knew when he was gone, he was doing an amazing job at what he did. But when he was home, he was home. Yeah. So let me ask you this. Like, okay, so you talk about when he's home, he's home. Did he – and some guys don't turn that off. I'm sure I know he's a riot. I know that. What I mean is, <laughs> how do I say this? Um, was he a very loving and caring dad as far oh, as, okay, yeah. my dad, you know, and, but if he was in front of other people, I mean, did he dote on you and, and things of that yeah. nature? Okay. You know, it's funny because, you know, they talk well now because everybody's so enlightened or woke or whatever. Um, <laughs> now I forgot where I was going. But, um, you know, the way he would come home and what you guys saw as Bobby Heenan, that was that. Okay. You know, I just got um, – we have our own love language. Like when you see my husband and my daughter start wrestling in the middle of my living room, that's just them saying they love each other. They, you know, they just, they beat on, you know, if I put, if I make fun of you or something, that means I like you. Like that was our love language. So um, he was always, Bobby Heenan was Bobby Heenan, you know, I guess Ray Heenan. But, um, but with me, it was, I always called him my big toy and I was around before the Austin Powers movie. So mini me wasn't even a term used, but if it could have been my Lord, my poor mother. <laughs> I see the resemblance mm -hmm. in your face of Bobby. Very much yeah. so. Yeah, oh, yeah. you can see my son. Oh, it's like looking at dad. It's crazy. Maybe we have Bobby blonde hair. He has blonde hair and blue eyes. He's got my dad's eyes and his hair and my oh. uh, my husband's height. My husband's height and uh, my dad's build. So I mean, he's huge. Yeah. Like I said, he's wow. fourteen. He's six foot, yeah, one eighty. Wow. Yeah, he's he's a big, big boy. Guy. Yeah. Playing PlayStation. <laughs> What's up? okay? So you know, when your dad was home, did any other you know guys? Come over and just oh yeah, sit around and, and and chit chat. Not just about wrestling, but I mean just in general life. I mean, what was that like for you? Like Blackjack, Lancer, Patera, yeah. or those guys coming in? Well, you know, things were so different back then than they are yeah. now. Yeah. Now it's I, it was definitely with the WCW changeover is when it started to become a business more than like mm. you know. A family like my dad could leave me backstage and go do what he needed to do at a show and know that I'd be okay because someone would watch out for me because that's how it was yeah. and so you know 
I don't remember Patera because I was younger back then, but, you know, Lanza, um, in fact, I spoke to him last year when my mom passed. I spoke to his wife, um, Barb, and, uh, but, like, Angelo Mosca, he was in our lives till the very last day. Him and my dad, oh, my Lord, the things <laughs> they would do when I would have parties. <laughs> oh, my God. And, yeah, and they'd show up to my high school. I'll get, we'll get into it. Um, yeah, no, it, it was a very, you know, we never hung out with Hulk Hogan. You know, we went to his Christmas party every year, and if it was his birthday party, we went or something. But, like, an every weekend type of thing, it was Lanza and Mosca, um, his good friend Mike Tanay, uh, mm-hmm. you know, Gene Okerlund. Oaks was always there, always, yeah. since the day I was born. He was there at the hospital when I was born. <laughs> so, you know, um, and when we lived in Minnesota, it was Adrian, Jesse, you know, those type yeah. of guys. But, um, but yeah, towards the end, you know, Steve Kern, Jack mm-hmm. Briscoe. In fact, I'm going to see Steve Kern and Jack Briscoe Saturday night. Um, okay. I try to keep in touch with everyone as yeah. much as I can. So we're going to go to dinner. Oh, awesome. Yeah. I tell you, uh, I got to ask you, um, when you were younger, let's say like preteen, and you watch your dad on TV, and the guys that are with him, right? You see him yeah. on TV, they're talking all this trash and everything else. And then they come to your house, and they're like totally, probably totally different people. Did that kind of. Did you just kind of look at your dad and say, or your mom and say, you know, these aren't the guys that were on TV. Did you ever think anything like that? Or I just, you know, I, maybe just because of the way I was so close with my dad, mm-hmm. I was an extension of him. So the way they joked with him was how they were joking with me as a preteen. And I was pulling <laughs> pranks on like, Sean Michaels and the Legion, and Mike, you know, um, Mike and Animal from the Legion of Doom, you know, I was pulling pranks on that, you know, it's like, they never, it was their job, you know, and like when dad went out and did his thing, if I was in the audience, I started the weasel chant first, because that's what got him over. Yeah. You know, I understood the business, and I actually got in fights in like fifth and sixth grade with boys. Because they'd be like, wrestling's fake. And I was all here, you know, protecting the business, kayfabe, and all this stuff. And my dad's like, you can tell them. And I'm like, I just beat this kid's ass and you're telling me. (laughs) When you say that about being, you know, at the arena when your dad's Mm -hmm. wrestling and starting the weasel chant. Oh, yeah. And, you know, you're telling me that you really took an interest in his work. Oh yeah, I which, did. Which for a lot of kids, you know, they're 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 lucky if they even know what their dad does when he leaves in the morning. You know, the normal eight to five job or right. whatever it is, and then dad comes home and they don't know anything about it. So I'm thinking you had a very unique opportunity when you did travel with him or were allowed to go yeah. with him that you saw. Hey, this is what my dad does, and that had to be cool. I mean, oh, it yeah. really did. Oh, for sure. I was proud of him. Even as a kid, I knew 
how cool he was. Like, I understood it. And um, probably about the age of 10, I think 10 or 11 was my first summer. Um, my mother's from Pennsylvania, and in the summers when they do, or they used to, um, at least in the late 80s, early 90s, they would do, like, the northern territories, like New York, Pennsylvania, some Vermonts and stuff like that. So my mom would go to her mother's house, and we'd start out there. But then Dad and I would rent a car, and we would drive all over New England for the summer, just Dad and I. Wow. wow. Yeah. And then when I got to drive, he drank the beer in the seat. And when I was 10 years old, I was the one drinking the beer in the seat. But no, I was just <laughs> so, 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 Jessica... When you're a younger girl and you're going to school, and how did your classmates, friends, or how did they react when they found out that your dad was Bobby the Brain Heenan? Did um, they react good? Did you have retaliation? or, or how I, I had a lot of – okay. So I had a lot of retaliation. I didn't understand where it was coming from. Right. Um. So a lot of it hurt my feelings, and – you know, when people would talk about what they did for the summer and then they'd ask me and I'd tell them, then they'd be like, oh, she's bragging. And I'm like, hmm. but you asked. And that's right. what I, okay, I'm not going to talk anymore. So I had a few select friends. And then when I got to high school, um, I'm still best friends with my three best girlfriends. We have a group chat that we talk to each other every day. Right. Um, dating was always an issue, though. Well. <laughs> Sometimes it was, well, most of the time it was probably me. But Dad did not make it easy. <laughs> um, and imagine it was, it was entertaining. Well, uh, yeah. well half the time he'd like, I'd be like, where's my boyfriend? And he's sitting out back with my dad. And I'm just like, well, I guess I'll go out and you can just stay here. And huh. yeah. So um, dating was always an issue because I didn't know if they were dating me for me or dad yeah. or anything, you know, and um, yeah. college yeah, yeah. specifically. College, college frat boys are, yeah. God, God bless, God bless their heart. <laughs> <laughs> well, let me ask you this. Okay. Uh, you know, you traveled. You know, in the AWA, you're pretty. I don't, pretty little. I'm, I'm assuming when he was. Oh in yeah, the AWA. no, I was probably like four or five. Okay, so you probably don't remember too much of those days, but once you got but to I the do. W. I oh, do you do? Okay. I do because I remember dumb things that happened. I remember going, I remember it was Thanksgiving and I was four and I remember this because I even asked my dad. I didn't say what the hell is going on, but I kind of was like, I don't understand what's going on. So we're at uh -huh. Adrian Adonis's house and for Thanksgiving dinner, for an appetizer, he served us roasted duck. For the main course, he served us roasted duck. And for frickin' dessert, he served us roasted duck. And I remember four years old looking at my dad going, why are we eating all this? Like, no sides, nothing. And I just remember so vividly um, just silly little things, you know? I remember yeah. – um, Going on, I remember going on uh, Lanza's Harley that he had, you know, and I, well, I didn't, he didn't drive me on it, but I got to sit on it um, mm -hmm. and play with the dog. You know, I remember yeah. little things, but it was, they, it, people were always in my life. It was just my life and how it was. It was yeah. very different. Yeah. Was there a big, 
difference between when your dad went from the AWA to the WWF as far as Oh my lord. Yeah. Yeah, I uh, schedule-wise I'm sure he was on the road probably a lot more, but I mean the environment as far as with you. Yeah. Well, you know what though? I I'm still friends with the Ganyas. I actually talked to Greg Ganya about a month ago. Um yeah. And so I'm still friends with them. Mm-hmm. And Dad and Vern didn't part on great terms. And if I remember correctly, Vern might have pulled a gun. I'm not sure. Um, <laughs> but they were, but they were, but they were friends at the end, so it didn't matter, right? Um, right. But uh, it was, it was that when I say it's not like it used to be, mm-hmm. it was a bigger production. But I could, as a young kid go to Vince and talk to him and he never felt like it still felt like if I saw the whole, you know, if I saw Terry in the hallway, I could stop and talk to it. Like it was never an environment where I didn't feel comfortable. That's good. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I was going to say, cause sometimes when you, I mean, AWA was a regional, you know, and then you're going to right. a place now which is going national has a lot of exposure. Oh, honey, I was ready for my close up at five. <laughs> Please, well, I was ready. <laughs> okay, so your dad spent quite a few years WWF. Yeah. Probably, you know, he had the yeah, a great run there. What is one of your favorite memories while in while he was in the WWF of him? Um, with whoever or whatever. There's, maybe. there's two memories specifically. Um, one was I did a bit with him here in Tampa at Bush Gardens where I had to call a weasel and stomp on his foot. And they're like, you know how, what a working stomp is? I was like, screw that. I'm going for it. And I mean, I crushed the hell out of the foot. But... <laughs> I was like, I know how to, and dad's like, you're not supposed to stop on me. I'm like, oh, I'm sorry. Did I miss? I'm, I'm, I'll, let's try it again. <laughs> but, um, and it was, uh, Girl of Monsoon was there. And I just remember that day. I just, and his wife was there and my mom was there. And it was just, Vince was there in the background and Kerwin, the director. And just, I remember it was just, it was family. And we just had so much fun. And then we came back to my house and had dinner that night and, it was just one of the most fun I've had with my dad's job, be playing yeah. with him, as I called it. And yeah. the second memory for me is when 92, um, WrestleMania in Indianapolis. Okay. Um, they did the whole where Bobby Knight was the coach for Indiana, and his slogan was Indiana Saver Bobby, but they allow- he allowed my dad to use it for a marketing campaign coming up to WrestleMania and they put his face on the side of buses. My dad almost tipped a damn bus. Who let him drive the bus? I do not know. Um, I mean, he used to get tickets for going too slow in our hometown. So he would not be driving a bus at all. Um, But I just remember really just being so proud of him and, yeah. All his friends from the old neighborhood came out, and I just, he was proud, and I was proud, and I just, that was a really, really great moment for him. 
Yeah. So so uh, even even way back when you were really young, you were aware, or at least he made you aware, that what he did, he was okay. You know, even though they were beating on him, and and I want to tell you, any wrestling fan will tell you this. There was no one that could take a beating better than Bobby Heaton. Oh heck yeah! And he make it look like so good. Was, and and the thing was, is that with his drawing power, he could get his ass kicked. And tomorrow night in another town, they'd come to see him again because he just had that uh, charisma. Yeah, and I love when you mentioned about you started the weasel chant. Yeah. Because Bobby made it a point that on a lot of his interviews, this was when he was still AWA, Mm -hmm. he made it a point on an interview, he'd tell Gene Okerlund, and he'd be angry when he's doing it. He says, and I don't want to see any of those weasel posters. (laughs) And, of course, that was the, you know, you may as well just told people to pile in with them. And Bobby was selling them. Oh, he knew what he was doing. At the St. Paul Civic Center, and that was great. I mean, nobody would have ever known it, but what psychology. And that was what was so good about him. And what what was so great about him is that's the Bobby Heenan with the weasel and everything. But then he comes home as Bobby Heenan and my dad with a weasel costume that he had made in my size. Oh, my goodness. (laughs) (laughs) And I actually... I actually have pictures of both my kids in it too when they were able to fit into it. I love it. Yeah. There was there was nothing greater than those weasel suit matches. Oh, they Especially were awesome. When, when Greg Ganya, you know, would do the put him to sleep. Yes. Bobby and he'd wake up and he was all and like, he'd wake up <laughs> with the paws and the big feet and a tail and uh, just you know, oh my God, what great entertainment. Oh, yeah. he was so entertaining and such a fantastic worker. Like, oh yeah, yes. To think he started by carrying jackets back from the ring, right? You know, for Dick the Bruiser. Excuse me. For, mm, yeah. Yep. And you know, uh, so many ahead. wrestlers. Every you know, I've talked to so many wrestlers. It'd be Nick Bockwinkel, Ray Stevens, Lanza, even Greg Gagne. Yay! Everybody. They tell you. They're the worker in the ring, there was nobody better than Bobby Heenan. That if Nick didn't show up, Bobby could take his place, and the fans loved it even more, and so on. And yeah. that really says a lot. I mean, it yeah. really does. Well, and I think what I really liked about his comedic, there was an intelligence to his comedy because he was self-deprecating without being self-deprecating. Like, mm-hmm. he made himself this big man from Beverly Hills, California. I wish I was from Beverly Hills, California. But, he, you know, this guy from Beverly Hills, California, wearing all these sequins and everything. But he's the guy in the weasel cost. Like, he was in on, like, he knew the joke, but he was trying to get to, like, he was just, yeah. the, it was so intelligent the way he played the, I mean, I could say character, but it was him. I mean, I guess right. he played himself. <laughs> I mean, I, I would say, you know, um, and even when, like, you know, people were rude to him, you know, what was it one time? This guy was really rude to this lady at the ticket counter at Delta or something. I mean, my dad let this guy have it without the guy knowing that my dad let him have it. 
That's yeah. how awesome he was. Yeah. Everyone yeah. else knew he was letting the guy have it, but the guy was like, Bobby Heenan. He's like, oh, the asshole. How are you? <laughs> you know, and the guy didn't get it. But my dad was like, what an asshole, you know? <laughs> so, I mean, he was he was so good at what he did. Well, he had that wit, that quick wit. And, you know, we all know in hindsight in the interviews that were done for pro wrestling back in the days on TV that the wrestler had two minutes, three minutes to get over mm-hmm. to make you hate him or love him and go buy a yep. ticket. But Bobby, and they didn't have scripted interviews in those days. No. You know, they no. knew what town they were in and who their opponent was and where they were in the program. Yep. Too. And Bobby could deliver an interview. And, of course, Gene Okerlund could play off, you know, oh, come on now, Bobby, and stuff <laughs> like that. Um, and he'd have that wit that if you really listen you'd sit back and you'd be chuckling. And I remember one, and I don't know if you remember this. It was a Thanksgiving night that we were going to have a card in in St. Paul, and Nick was defending the title to Mad Dog Bashan. Mm -hmm. Now, Mad Dog's the the favorite at this point. And your dad comes out, and he's got a newspaper folded up, and he's slitting it against his arms and says to Gene – he said, you know, Gene, we're not going to have turkey tonight. We're going to have dog. And you know what you do with a dog? You take the paper to him, and then you take the boots to him, and you kick his teeth out, both of them. <laughs> and there's the punchline, both of them. The dogs. I love it. And I remember I was rolling on the floor, and Bobby walks off, and Gene just gives one of his classic looks. And well, yeah. I, when I used to travel with the summers, one thing that a lot of people don't know is in WWE time, my dad was the one producing most of those interview type um, segments okay. and teaching yeah. the younger guys how to do them because, I mean, uh-huh. they were very wet behind the ears. And so he'd be like, you got to say this in this much time. This is how you do it. Watch me, you know, listen to me as I do it kind of thing and teach them. And, um, there, there were some times where Gene and Dad had to take several takes because they couldn't stop laughing. <laughs> yeah. Because of something Dad said, you just, I mean, I just, well, you and know, him and Gorilla too, man. Oh, oh my yeah. God. Oh, yeah. Th- there was the one segment, and, and, and you maybe have heard this. He ha- He came out with a wrestling news magazine. <laughs> and he had it in his hand, and Gene Okerlund, and I don't remember who uh, Nick's opponent was, that, or it was Vern. It was Vern Gagne. And uh, Bobby just held the magazine up, and we saw the ba- the back cover and the front cover as he opened it. And he says to Gene, he says, what is Vern Gagne going to do when Nick does this? And it was a Playboy magazine centerfold that he had showing <laughs> Gene. And Gene said, I didn't know that was coming. But that was Bobby. Gene kind of gave the look, okay, I don't know, yeah. Bobby. Oh, yeah, no, he never, he The audience loved, always saw the cover. Yes, but Dad, there, there was always, Dad was always able to get himself over in anything he ever did. Yeah. You mentioned Gorilla Monsoon. Him and Gorilla were just like the dynamic duo, yes. They yeah. were... Uh, I'm sure he was at your house or you were at Gorilla's oh, house. Very what? Nice. I, you know, you hear all this, their relationship. What was that like for you and, and your dad? 
exhausting. Um, (laughs) Those two, how you saw, and uh, people do not believe me, but I only know this because of spending time with them in my home, in their home, family vacations. We took cruises together. How they were on the air is exactly how they acted everywhere. Like, they were in the room one night, and Dad couldn't open a bottle of Tylenol. This I'm watching this whole thing as, like, 11-year-old, and I remember I almost peed my pants. Okay, so Dad's trying to open the Tylenol bottle, and he can't get it open. And, of course, you know, know, he's like, give me that. So he grabs it, and he pops the bottle, and the pills go everywhere. They both lean down at the same time, bonk heads. Dad falls down. I am laughing. Like, that was their life. No matter what they did, uh, they should have had a reality show of those two. If reality yeah. TV had come around sooner, sure. yeah. oh my gosh, they were well, so they, great and they were the best of friends. They were reality TV. Yeah, yeah. I remember Gino cried, uh, or Bobby cried. Oh yeah. Uh, real tears when he talked about Gorilla passing. He does. And, uh, he, well, he did. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, they were best. They were best friends. Like they would yeah. talk. If they weren't on the road together, they would talk on the phone as much as grown men talk on the phone, I guess. But, um, yeah. you know, they. Uh, I'm still in touch with Gorilla's daughter Valerie and her two boys, Gino and Joey, and I'm in touch with uh, Maureen, his widow, and uh, you know, it's it's thank God for Facebook. That's all I'm gonna say. I mean, sure, I'm yeah. in my 40s. Facebook sure. is cool, I guess, but. Um, it's, uh, it's, I still try to keep in touch, at least with people that always made a point of getting to know my dad. Yeah. And I'll tell you, you talk about reality TV, those two, Gorilla and your dad, were reality TV before it was like a thing. They would have been amazing. Can you imagine if they went on like the Amazing Race? Oh my God. <laughs> Can you imagine? Because they asked them. And my dad yeah. was like, I don't want to do that. That's too much work, you know? Uh, well, I, the, thing, just, the thing is, that's a chemistry that they had that was natural. Yeah. It wasn't It yeah. wasn't put on. It wasn't forced. Mm-hmm. It wasn't rehearsed. You know, they really could play off of each other. And, oh, and yeah. they had that, that quick wit. And with Gino a lot of times playing the straight man in the thing, yeah. it, it, it made it entertaining. Yeah, and Bobby, you know, God bless him. I mean, he would be the brunt of a lot of the. Oh know, yeah. In those years, he'd be the brunt of of taking the, the the joke or whatever it was. Oh yeah. And it it never, and I was watching in those days. It never looked like they had to force it or pretend that it, they were doing it. It was natural. Yeah. Vince had once said it was the easiest producing he's ever had to do. Like, there was no directing, no producing. Just let them go do their thing. You know it'll be great yeah. TV. And it was. Yeah. What um, What other wrestlers specifically do you do you recall growing up that, he? you know, I know you mentioned Bosca and you've mentioned Adrian and some of them, but was he really close with Nick outside the ring or did they go their own ways? Um, Ray Stevens, I know, was a favorite of your dad. <laughs> Ray Stevens lived with us until he got very sick and went into hospice but he lived with us my my mom always said she had another child and his name was ray stevens Um, but my dad basically because ray pissed away everything he ever 
yep. burns in anything. And so my dad took care of him. My dad just was like, of course I'm taking care of you. We're moving you in. You're going to stay in the guest room and that's it. That's how it's going to be. And my dad paid his medical bills and he's just, that's the kind of, and you don't have to ask my dad. My dad would be like, oh no, I'm doing this. You know, yeah. he, he had the biggest heart and that's why yeah. I loved his love language but because he was such a smart ass people were like does he like me <laughs> I'm not sure and my dad likes keeping people on their toes right yeah yeah he, he used yeah. to call it entertaining himself <laughs> <laughs> let me ask you this Jessica um, you know when he got along later WWF we know, kind of noticed that, you know, he wasn't taking the bumps anymore. He had a lot of injuries. I read in a book about his neck and his, his back and other things. Uh, that transition from the WWF slash E to WCW. And I know you were older, so you kind of, you could see yeah. what was going on. If you don't mind, we'd like to hear about that. Because in the book, it's it's pretty... Uh, oh, I'd be happy to. It's very, yeah, it's it's crazy. Yeah. But if you could tell the fans about it a little bit, I'd appreciate it. Absolutely. So, um, basically, you could see the light in my dad's eyes being snuffed out slowly. Bischoff mm -hmm. um, and Shivani, those two, were so calculating and manipulative that a 15-year-old can see it and actually had Shivani and his pig of a wife leave our house because I called him on it one day and he didn't like it, so we left. And my dad was like, well, good, more food for me. Um, but, yeah, he he was not happy there. He was not – he missed Gorilla. He missed Gino. Yeah. Yeah. He um, missed Vince. He missed – I mean, Dad and Vince had a – I mean, nobody – could talk to Vince the way my dad did, or they would have been fired. Yeah. Like, nobody yeah. talks to Vince that way, unless you're my dad. But, um, yeah, going to the WCW, at first it was a great thing because, honestly, the main reason he went there was because they were offering him health insurance, and he needed to get his neck fixed. That was, okay. the, only, that was the main reason they offered it to him. He would have stayed with Vince for less money, but he had to get his neck fixed. Yeah. And he heard it in 84, and this is 94. Sure. So, yeah. you know. Well, I had the same exact surgery, and I only uh, went two months, and it was excruciating. Yeah. In, the, in your dad's book, I mean, he talks, you know, he, he mentions Shivani by name and, and Bischoff. But, uh, they talk, he talked about going to your an event for you. I don't know if it was your graduation. I don't exactly remember the event, but he said he had a very difficult time getting a day off, even for your. It was for daughter. my high school graduation. Okay, I couldn't remember if it was yeah. you were going to college. It, or your college graduation, high school graduation. No, I knew it was it was a my very high school graduation. Significant event, and they were like, uh, you know, giving them a really yeah. Tall, uh, that he flew in that Friday. We graduated Saturday. He left Sunday morning. Yeah, and, and 
when I read that, I was just, I can't even describe it because, you know, family above all else. It was always the, like, family was all, I don't know. It just, the way they ran things just wasn't, yeah. It wasn't, to what I've read in your dad's book is that family was the back burner. Yeah, for WCW and for Eric and then, yeah. But there was a lot of chaos in there, too, and your dad talks about that. So even with his job, even as a comment, he was just a commentator. He wasn't managing anybody. Yeah, nope. He wasn't he, – he was just commentating. And they even didn't got know to what to do with him. Exactly. Now, yeah. my my question is, I, I believe there was an incident involving where he got uh, hit in the back of the head or something. Oh, by Brian. Brian, Brian Pullman, yep. He um, he had just had the surgery for his neck like a month prior, and mm-hmm. he specifically told Brian. Brian was a really nice guy. Unfortunately, drugs make people do stupid things, so he does it. But even not on drugs, he had the attention span of a goldfish. Um, but really nice guy. Um, <laughs> but he good. told Brian, he's like, don't touch me. Please, right. don't touch me. And when Brian grabbed him, he was like, Ah, you know, of course, and yeah. got fined and in trouble. My dad was so upset because he cursed yeah. and he, you know, he had a bad guy image, but he didn't have a bad, like, Record Ralph's movie said it best. You're a bad guy, but you're not a bad guy. Right. You know? Exactly. I always loved the way, like, I was like, that describes you perfectly, Dad. Yeah. Well, you know, one of the things that I think you touch on when you say he was a bad guy, but not a bad guy, and that's perfect. Yeah. It also speaks to the character of your dad, because I know in that turbulent time when when Vince McMahon was going for the expansion and taking wrestlers from territories, and there were a lot of wrestlers that just up and went with Vince, didn't fulfill their commitments, their their Mm -hmm. bookings that they had. And I know, and Greg Gagne has told this to me. Yeah. He said, you know, a lot of the guys just no-showed. Um, they didn't, you know, they had taped shows, and they were supposed mm-hmm. to appear, and then they're not, and, and the I promotions know. are having to explain why. And he says, Bobby Heenan actually came to Vern, and he said, he told him I was leaving, and I think that's where you kind of got that story about was there a gun involved or whatever. <laughs> um, I I don't think there was, but it was Bobby's idea. He didn't know how Vern was going to react to this because yeah. Vern, in his own way, took care of Bobby and appreciated him. I want you to Oh, know absolutely. That. Absolutely. And, you know, it was one of the primary territories. No, Bobby, no, my, my dad cared about Vern until the day yeah. he died. He did. Um, but my dis- my dad has a very, you know, we also understood the type of person Vern is, you know, yeah, bodies yeah. of people at 90. We get it, oh. you know, so I think. <laughs> well, you, got, you didn't things. remember that one. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, but yeah, he, uh, he instilled in me a strong work ethic. You mm-hmm. honor your commitment. It's all about yeah. your word is your bond. Like that's really yeah. his. He's like, if you don't have your word, people can't trust you, and you have no integrity. Mm-hmm. What is there? Yeah, there was a there was a thing that I had noted here because I read his book a long time ago, but I made a note. Um, 
your dad about Vern Gagne. He said that Vern was very strict. He made you do things that other uh, people didn't want to do. And things like being on time and coming to work, as long as you could do that, you got along with Vern. And he paid well. Yeah. And, and he also talked about paydays. Paul Bosch was one of his people that he had mentioned in Houston, being a good pay guy. And uh, he also mentioned Sam Muchnick. And I don't know, did you know any of those promoters? I knew Sam. I knew Sam. And you know Bobby was special to Sam in this sense, uh, Jessica. Um, I don't know if you were aware of this, but Bobby Heenan was the very first manager and the only manager that Sam Muchnick ever managed in St. Louis. That's, he reminded us. He reminded us every time we saw him. Okay. You know, I, like <laughs> well, Sam, I, it's that type. I, you've got to remember Sam's like, you know, Bobby, you're lucky. You know, you're right. the only person that's ever. Yes, Sam. We know, babe. You know, it's like we know. <laughs> but that was just that. Like, yeah, no, he was. He was. He was a great. I when my dad was with the WWFE, whatever. it's WWE, we will call it for now, so that nobody gets in trouble. Um, <laughs> well, we can't get into trouble of what it was. We can talk about what it is now. There you go. <laughs> um, but he um, he only missed two days yeah. from not from eighty four to ninety four. He missed two days. One was mm-hmm. the day his mom died, and the other day he had strep throat so bad the airline wouldn't let him get on the plane. But he was going to work. Yes, that, that's on the that's in the book. I remember reading that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, fast forward just a little bit to when your dad was inducted into the uh, WWE yes. Hall of Fame in 2004. Best I'm assuming ever. Yes. <laughs> I'm assuming you were there. I don't. Yeah. Okay, so what? How was that for you? I mean, you're older now. You're, you're uh, out of college. Uh, what was, was that married. experience? I was and, and Mary probably just started yep. a family. Okay, so yeah, um, no, no kids what? yet. So we uh, went out with the Guerreros that night. God help us. Uh, um, help talk about <laughs> that, that that experience for you and your father and, and your family. You know, your mom, your, your husband. What we were. Like I mean. It was Vince really went out of his way to show not just Vince, but um, Peter, Triple H, Peter and Steph. They really, you know, um, came to our Steph came to our room and a hotel to make sure everything was okay. You know, just from the start to finish, I could see how much they loved my dad, and so I just knew it was going to be amazing. Me personally, I'm a crybaby, so I cried the entire time. Um, <laughs> Because I'm so just so damn proud of him and what he's yeah. done with, yeah. I mean, he didn't have a great start in life. And right. to have to leave school in eighth grade and start working and taking care of three, you know, dependents that people that depended on him, you know, he was a, he was a tough SOB. I mean, he was a huge yeah. baby. Don't even, okay. So there's that. <laughs> big baby he he really yeah. was I mean yeah. in college he had to call me every morning um to wake me up for class but he was making sure I got in from the night before um good dad 
Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. But, you I know, remember doing that. Oh, yeah. But, you know, when um, it was fun because he'd come to, like, the sorority house and he'd have dinner and all the girls, like, whenever they were in Birmingham, he'd send, like, 40 tickets to the house and we'd all drive to Birmingham wow. from Tuscaloosa. Wow, and, yeah. you know, he'd come out and just that weasel, t- the 40 of us just, I mean, and we were it was college. Um, really loud and obnoxious. (laughs) We'll just say it. Um, Southern sorority girls at our finest. Um, but yeah, so I mean, he, he just always, and I mean, even my friends who I've been best friends with since high school, they just, they had a special relationship with my dad. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, I remember my senior prom, my dad doing cake stands with them, I think. Oh, boy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, our neighbor was a cop, and he didn't, I don't know, whatever. My parents took yeah. all the cartridges and locked them in the safe. So the <laughs> cop was like, all right, that's, I'll look the other way. <laughs> yeah. You know, you, go ahead, George. I was going to say, you, you had mentioned earlier when, when you'd have, uh, boyfriends or something that would come over and they'd end up talking with your dad and oh ho hum to you um when you met your husband your your husband now mm-hmm. was he a wrestling fan before did he know of of your dad and and how did that come together it's, it's well he is my soulmate and my best friend and i say we're we've been married yeah. 23 years thank you and i we have definitely First of all, nobody else could handle me. I'm quite a handful. <laughs> I am my father with, you know, long hair. Um, but my, when I met my husband, I was with my girlfriends from college, and they're like, you know who her dad is? And mom, they were all from, like, Dothan and Troy, Alabama. So, you know, you get drinking and that thing. And they're like, you know who her dad is? And he's like, no. And he's like, you know who Bob the Brain? And he's like, no. And I was like, you don't. <laughs> and he's like, No. And I'm like, uh, okay. I was like, so I got to talking to him and um, kind of fell in love with him in the, the first couple days. So um, after that, I come to find out he was a wrestling fan, but he hated my dad so much it made him stop watching wrestling because my dad was always certain shit. Oh, wow. And then when I got married, turns out I married my father because he's exactly like my dad. Then I had two of them ganging up on me. God help me. It was exhausting. Like I said, I love my husband dearly and I love my dad dearly. It was exhausting. I don't know how my mother did it. I was going to say, you know, when I was a kid uh, watching in the AWA mainly, I... I'm gonna be honest. I hated your dad. Oh yeah. <laughs> I, well, he was I, doing I, his job. He was, he was doing his job. Mm-hmm. I hated your dad. I hated Nick Bockwinkle, and I hated the Heenan family in general. I mean, that your dad could talk so much, smack, <laughs> and, and and he would throw things in the ring, you know, and, and or trip people when they were going into the Getting road. Getting into or, the middle of it, yeah. Yeah, or throw Nick a you know a foreign object to. To hit him and and, and that's and, what drove my husband nuts. And I, me too. And I was, you know, <laughs> I was just like, how can they not see that? How can nobody see that? How can you know, <laughs> you know? And but it was so he made it so believable 
so yeah. realistic, and they never broke character. Uh, at least not, uh, you know, on screen or when they were yeah, out. No. Never broke character. And that was the beauty of the the kayfabe era. Yeah. Is that they never. It was a never, great era. It was. It never broke character. Unfortunately, now, you know, if you're a bad guy and a good guy, you're in the ring. Uh, after your match, 20 minutes later, they're on social media saying, hey, we're going and riding with so-and-so tonight. And, well, it's even like professional boxing and UFC and stuff. I mean, I love – I love me some UFC, but you yeah. know, they're all like talking trash and stuff. And then, I mean, I, I'm all for good sportsmanship and stuff too, but can we watch that later? I'm still like adrenaline from the fight. Right? <laughs> so, yeah. You know, so I, I just, I like, you know, my dad couldn't be seen with Terry because he's a, right. you know, baby face. Dad was a heel. And, um, yeah. I don't know if you guys have watched this show that's out right now on Stars called Heels. I've not. If you haven't, you have to. Okay. All right, I'm writing it's it down about right now. A small, it's about a small Georgia outfit that the dad left it. He committed suicide and left it to the son, and it's all family run, but yet the big guys are kind of, you know, you got the state fair, you know, it's, it's kind of like how it was in the 70s, but yet yeah. set in 2023. But yeah. to watch it as from the backstage standpoint and them running things and how they wrote out the matches and how they talked, you know, God, I have not seen anything besides the wrestler with Mickey Rourke, which just made me so depressed um, because yeah. there were a lot of guys out there living like that. Um, that, I had the same feelings. Yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, yeah. it's just yeah, like, oh, it's so right. it was oh, too yeah. real. It was just yeah, very yeah. hard to yeah. watch. Um, yeah. But you got to watch Heels. You have to. Oh, my gosh. I'm sorry to, get, to give them a shameless promotion. But no, they please. are – it's such a good show. Yeah. I even got my husband watching it. All and right. he watches well, American I... Pickers. <laughs> <laughs> I wrote it down. Uh, party thoughts, George? Any other – well, I think this has been very enlightening. Oh, I, yeah. I, I know that all of us as longtime fans, and I've been on the planet a lot more years than you, Jessica. <laughs> I saw I saw your dad for the very first time in 1966. He was he managed Harley Race for a oh, few shows. Oh, Harley. So you know, so you know he was pretty young. Yep. Yeah. And and uh, Harley raced for a few shows, and then uh, he was gone and came back later with Lanza a couple of years later. Yeah. But um, what is sad is that, you know, we lose our our friends. Our, these are heroes for all of us. And you, it's a little more personal because it was your dad. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, do you care to share with us a little bit how – the final few years were with him because I know for us as an onlooker, um, I prayed a lot. I thanked yeah. him a lot in my prayers. Yeah. For, for what Sorry, we didn't mean to make part. you get emotional there. Yeah. Oh, no, no. It was, um, I'm a nurse. So, um, yeah. you know, unfortunately, death is a part of life and it's right. unfortunate yeah. the way he had to go. Um, but he tried to 
go to all, like uh, um, Hacksaw Jim Duggan and his wife Deborah, who I'm still very close to. Jim and Deb, they go all over the country. They were just in Ireland and stuff, doing autograph signing, Comic Con. Staff wow. was doing a lot of that stuff. Um, yeah. Up until about the last year when it was really hard for him to walk. Um, but he still watched SmackDown and Raw, and he still he loved wrestling. He yeah, hated yeah. what the business had become. I will say yeah, that. Right. But um but he he still was so invested in it. Um but watching him go was very hard. Yeah. Because it was so yeah. long and drawn out. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. One one but, of the things that, that I want to share with you is that I, I enjoyed him as a person because I could always tell that he cared about the business. He yeah. cared about the fellow wrestlers. Um, it was important to him. And this is a personal experience and it was very brief, but it, it has, it left a part of Bobby Heenan with me. I was doing a heel manager thing myself for a small independent group mm-hmm. here 15, 20 years, well, about 20 years ago. And, um, your dad was at one of the cards. Okay. And he told me before, and I was the I was the evil manager where I was going to hand the foreign object to my guy and do the whole thing, you know. And your dad came up to me before this took place, and he said, when you're up at ringside in the corner there, I'm going to come up. And he says, just follow my lead. That's all he told me. So he came <laughs> up. He came up to me, and, of course, my guy is in there, and I'm attempting to interfere. Bobby comes up. And he attempts, he reaches in his pocket and attempts to hand me something, and I take it, and I then attempt to give it to my guy. Well, it was nothing. He gave me nothing. (laughs) When he went back, when he went back to the announcer's table, they asked him, what did you do out there just now? And I was the authority. That was my name. He says, what did you just do out there with the authority? And he says, it's none of your business. I gave him a tip on the Vikings. <laughs> so, so that was beautiful. But after the card, after the card, Bobby sat down with me just for a second, and he said, you did a good job out there tonight. The only thing I can tell you is always just be careful. And I wasn't a wrestler. I Trust me. I, But yeah. that was kind yeah. words. And he signed yeah. a photo for me that night. Oh. He signed it that way uh, to the authority. Always be careful. Much love, Bobby. <laughs> and so, you know, I knew this was a caring guy, and that was my experience on yeah. that. Yeah. He was the absolute best. Be careful. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. He told me that every night I went out, too. <laughs> well, hey, I have, I have two daughters. And I know, you know, you always watch for daughters. I, I think the story goes more than you do boys. I don't know. But, yeah. You know, I well, want to know who they're with you, and what time well, they're coming home. Oh, geez. Well, I'll tell you what my dad always told people because of me being a girl. There's two things you never want to see in your life. The back kitchen of a Chinese food restaurant and what your daughter does when she leaves the house. Right. <laughs> <laughs> That, that sounds like something you have problem. <laughs> Thank God my best friend's father was a deputy sheriff. That's all I will say. Wow. <laughs> I want to say one more time, just your dad had such an impact 
on the business, and everybody I've ever ta- interviewed on here, when I mention his name, they say he is, even as the foe, the greatest manager of all time. No ifs, ands, or buts. You can't, there is nobody close Yeah. to what your dad well, There was uh, on ESPN recently, Stephen A. Smith was interviewing Roman Reigns, and I don't even know oh. what the hell his name is. But Paul Heyman, I saw being, Paul, yeah. And he was like, he's dead, screw him. Can I tell you the email I sent Paul? I'm sure he it wasn't. It I know. He, has, he, he opened it and he hasn't responded. Let me put it to you that way. Yeah, I, I'm i hoping that that was a word. I said, I I'm know pretty you sure. have. Yeah, I know. I like. I was like, I know how your business goes. But yeah. damn, dude, that kind of. Mm. Yeah, that 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 was. I I saw that. That was pretty. Yeah. That was pretty. Uh, that was a dagger. It's, that wasn't. That was more than a work. That. Yeah. yeah, and I and I'm sorry for that. I yeah. Oh, it wasn't your fault. That oh, I know, but I mean, dad, it's still yeah, yeah. In 1979, my mom had my dad's uh, wrestling boots bronzed. Unfortunately, ah. before, he, before he was done using them, though, um, so we had to go buy new boots. Uh, but when he was very sick, he's like, "I want to use my wrestling boots as an urn." So. Um, part of him's in this boot. Part of him's, part of him is in the other boot up there. Um, okay. But normally he has a can of Pat's Blue Ribbon in here. It fell out somewhere. Uh, but that's oh. for my husband because that's what they drink together. Uh, oh, yeah. So dad, dad goes uh, around with me everywhere. I'm kind of thinking I should uh, start taking him on little adventures with me places and see how go. that goes. Yeah. <laughs> Jessica, I want to George and I want to thank you so much for coming on here. We Absolutely. really appreciate it. Enjoyed the conversation. You seem like a very humble and nice person and sound like you have a wonderful family from what you've told Beautiful us. Lady. And, Thank yeah, you. And, and, uh, if I would people... help my mother a lot more. Sorry, what? <laughs> I was going to say, uh, I'm just people... kidding. <laughs> no, you're, no, you're fine. I was well, gonna say, if people I... want to reach out to you, can they reach you out on social media or? Um, yeah, I, well, I'm on Instagram as Mrs. Salt and I'm also on Facebook as Jessica Salt. Okay. I um I'm a nurse right now, so yeah. I'm super famous as a nurse who isn't very nice sometimes. But I just don't like non-compliant patients. Just do what I tell you. I'm a mother too of teenagers. Do what you're told. That's all right, I'm asking. There you go. <laughs> right. yeah. Uh, but yeah, they can reach out to me anytime. I do um I do answer as much as I can. Sometimes yeah, it's a little weird. Um, yeah. yeah. In fact, when my mom passed away, I had a guy come out and saying he was my dad. Look, nothing like my dad. And this would have been from the 60s. And, I mean, <laughs> I called her. I called my dad's brother. I'm like, because he does all the genealogy. He's like, dude, don't even answer that email. So, of course, yeah. we made a Christmas card out of it because that's what we do. Um, <laughs> <laughs> that's great. <laughs> His brother right. just like him. All right. Can imagine. So, ladies and gentlemen, one more time, this is Jessica Solt. Thanks for coming on. George, any parting thank words? You. No, I just say thank you. This has been fun. And yes, you are yeah, a very beautiful you. lady, and be proud yeah. of your dad because he was he was a he was a hero. He was yeah. a role model, and 
somebody that entertained me, I know personally for a lot of years, yeah. and yeah. he will forever be in our hearts as fans. Yeah. Just yeah. know and that. And anyone that. who's seen the DVD of him, Vince, did, you've already seen me cry, so this ain't nothing new. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, ladies and gentlemen, this is Jessica Solt. Thanks for coming Thank on you. tonight. Really appreciate it. Folks, Humanoid. if you're watching, think. <laughs> there you go. Even though Sorry, I had a yeah, I felt. No, that's okay. If you're watching, thank you. If you're listening, thank you. If you haven't subscribed, please do so, and we will talk to you soon. Hey, this is Total Package, Lex Luger. You're listening to the VOC Nation. Don't miss out. VOC Nation's own Stro Maestro suffered a major medical and financial catastrophe this year. From the VOC Nation family, to all of you, please continue to pray for Stro Maestro for his continued recovery. You can also donate to his cause, paypal.me slash The worldwide leader in entertainment. This is the VOC Nation Radio Network. Check out In The Room every Tuesday night at 9. Listen in. Pro Wrestling Illustrated's Brady Hicks, former WCW star Stro Maestro, Kathy Fitz, Matt Grimm. And you and Ray are there too, right Ray? We sure are, and we've got great guests like Lex Luger, AJ Styles, Taku, and more. It's a heck of a party. Plus, I didn't get thrown off uh, buildings. And then uh, I didn't get pregnant either. Sometimes I think it gets so ridiculous. We were getting into, like, snuff film territory there. In the room. 9 p.m. Eastern on VOC Nation. Yo, this is Jerry Stiggs of the Nasty Boys. Yeah, Brian Knobs here. You get ready to get nasty. Well, listen to the VOC Nation, baby. VOC Nation is one of the longest-running wrestling podcast networks. Having started way back in 2010, VOC Nation provides daily streaming shows where fans have the ability to interact with their hosts, and guests via phone calls, emails, and Twitter. VOC Nation hosts will include former backstage interviewer from both AWA and WWE, Ken Resnick, former WCW performer The Maestro, former Impact performer Wes Crisco, Pro Wrestling Illustrated contributor Brady Hicks, and former Philadelphia radio personality Bruce Works. Archive-free content includes past interviews with huge names like Hulk Hogan, Jesse Ventura, Kurt Angle, Jimmy Hart, Ricky Steamboat, Ding, Mick Foley, Joey Styles, Howard Finkel, and so many more. Listen live at VOCNation.com and subscribe to all the podcasts by searching VOC Nation Radio Network on your favorite podcast app. And be sure to follow these guys on Twitter at VOCNation. Phil After has been in the pro wrestling business for over 50 years. Hey, Tony here with uh, Arn Anderson. Arn, first of all, your height and weight. 6'1", 255. And now subscribers to VOC Nation Premium get exclusive access to Bill After's archived audio footage. And uh, where's your hometown? Minneapolis, Minnesota. Okay, and uh, give us something about your back. First of all, your relationship to Ole Anderson. Ole is my Subscription to VOC Nation Premium starts at just $3 a month and includes commercial-free audio and video versions of our top podcasts. Okay, we're speaking here with uh, the manager of the World Heavyweight Tag Team Champions, Tarzan Tyler and Luke Graham, and he's, uh, he's sort of glowing tonight about a new prospect we haven't heard of yet. And for just $9 a month, Aptor's archives are all yours. 
uh, would you tell us who this new prospect well, is? Well, I'll tell you, Bill, I've searched the world, and I finally <laughs> found the true world champion. I finally found... Uh, what's your opinion of uh, Ivan Koloff winning the title from Bruno San Martino? Well, I think... Uh, I don't know what to say, but I, I want to say one thing. Bruno was an early champion. Hear exclusive interviews with the greatest performers of all time. This is the last year, and once again, we're speaking here with... Bruno San Martino. Bruno, first of all, how did you and Bruiser lose that title to the Valiant? Well, actually, it was a, a, a very unusual loss, if you want to call it a did loss. Did have anything to do? Well, yes, but the whole thing is that the rules, as I always understood them, was that the title could only be lost by pin or, or submission, which is the same rules as uh, my title, the Worldwide Wrestling Federation. That night, uh, it was... To sign up, it's very simple. Head to premium.vocnation.com or go to patreon.com slash vocnation. VOC Nation takes you behind the scenes of the greatest moments in pro wrestling history. Each and every Thursday night, check it out. WCW star Stro Maestro takes you on a journey. It's WCW Retro. Talking old school match of the week, talking dream matches, taking your calls and looking back on an incredible career of acting, entertaining, and wrestling. Check it out, vocnation.com, WCW Retro. Be sure to call in Thursday nights, 9 Eastern, on the VOC Nation Radio Network. This is Matt Hardy, and you are listening to the VOC Nation.